Hour number three of the show. Always my favorite hour because we get a little weird. Been talking about the NFL draft all night long. Went around the NFC South. Thanks to Larry Holder, Greg Ullman, Scott Karasik, and Walker Mail for helping us out with that. Our Blue Runner gumbo opinion poll at www.com. What grade would you give the Saints draft class? A, B, C, or D, or below? 41% for A, 41% for B. This is always a futile exercise. Let's get revised, and we'll be revised multiple times down the road. Personally, look, I guess I'm in the biz. You got to give one, right? Got to have an opinion. And B, B plus, B minus, B, somewhere around there. Not really in favor ever of trading up in the draft, but if you're going to trade up, you trade up for a guy like Eric McCoy, who was great in the first round as a center in, in most mock drafts, a lot of these expert mock drafts, and he filled a huge need for you. Just did. We'll keep an eye on that as the show goes along. A little later in the show at Orgeron, we'll come on in. Well, he doesn't come on in here. He talked to Bobby Bear and Mike Dettelier, but we will replay that for you, plus sports libs. If you missed it earlier in the evening, I think it was actually about 3 o'clock this afternoon when the news broke that out of the federal college basketball corruption trial, there was a video played, an undercover video that was played in court just the one time that had one of the guys on trial talking about Will Wade offering $300,000 to him to get Nas Reed to come play for LSU. Take that how you want. It happens. It's out there today. Another bombshell in this story. And you can find my column on that at www.all.com. We also had Dan Wetzel of USA Today Sports on earlier in the program to talk about that. You can find that on the podcast. If not now, it will be up in just a little bit. We have to, we must, as this only happens, I really don't know, once every half a decade, once every decade, when you have a cultural phenomenon outside what happens every year with, you know, the Super Bowl, athletics, world of sports, maybe the Oscars once in a while, rarely anymore is it a movie that everybody in the country is talking about. And that's what happens pretty much last night. So we got, we got to talk about it here for just a second. There will be no spoilers. I promise you that. I wouldn't do that to you. But Game of Thrones last night, it was an incredible episode. But I'm not really here to talk about the episode. I want to talk about the reaction to the episode. If you were anywhere on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snap, if you still do that, you couldn't get away from it. You probably spoiled yourself in the process. Mark Ingram was tweeting about it. C.J. McCollum, and I'm going to revise our moment as in. We're going to do C.J. McCollum. You can find it on Twitter, Tim, who was asked a question in his pre-second uh, round series press conference, media availability that he did, and he just went on this tangent about Game of Thrones. It was incredible. C.J. McCollum just spiked up way up my list now of favorite NBA players because of that. It's, it's odd that we have this moment – of monoculture and what what i mean by monoculture it's where we're all invested in the same thing now there's going to be some people listening to go i never watched game of thrones i get it you're now in the minority it was incredible we haven't seen something like this in television since seinfeld i mean really that's not me saying that that's nielsen who rates television and has for decades is saying but last night 
I was worried going into the episode, as somebody who's watched the entire season, that I would we would see it we would have seen it before. They would do something that we had seen before, whether that was in Lord of the Rings or some kind of crazy Walking Dead battle or whatever other movie we've seen, Star Wars, that they would be a little reductive and we'd seen it before. I was really worried about that. It was the most incredible hour and a half of television that I have ever seen. And I'm I'm trying to decide if it was the most incredible hour and a half of film period that I have ever seen. And right now I'd say yes. I could be a little bit of prisoner in the moment for that one because the two towers or the battle in, in Lord of the Rings, some of the Star Wars stuff was certainly epic, but there's nothing like it. It was like this crazy, and no spoilers here, but there's this crazy combination of true horror this epic battle and suspense and some fantasy stuff thrown in there and you know all the medieval themes incredible now tim you watched you're a very casual game of thrones fan give me the non-spoiler version tim zimmer game of thrones review i thought a lot of people died <laughs> yes I mean, yes that's, that's basically true how i could put it i mean it was a it was very dark um like visually and you know the way it actually went in the in the show mm-hmm. um there's a lot of it was very like i said it was suspense, suspenseful there's a lot of um there wasn't a better a lot of like shock moments but there was a lot of oh i thought that person may have you know something happened to that person but actually that person came out alive which was good also the wolf i think the wolf's ghost the, the ghost the ghost yes he made it out alive so that was that was a big part of the whole yes episode. yeah that that's a, that's an okay spoiler there yeah everybody's rooting for ghost which is a big I dire thought it was funny show. though that he came back i thought like they haven't shown him in a, a good while so i thought the <laughs> they really haven't yeah. kind of just throw him in there just to prove everybody hey he's still here he's still going yeah it's uh i think cj mccollum said uh we're not worthy of well, if you, I don't want to spoil it because that would be a spoiler. You're not worry, worry, worthy of this certain character. She's the Michael Jordan of our time. Uh, there. You know, you mentioned the dark and the, the weather. They also had, like, the winter. It's awesome in retrospect and really in the moment, too, how they used the darkness and the winter, the weather, as extra characters. They basically turned those into villains in this battle. I mean, anybody who doesn't know actually what went into this this was a, a one-episode scene that took 55 nights to film out in uh, Belfast, Ireland, right outside of Belfast, Ireland, all at night in the winter in freezing temperatures, and this entire crew and actors and everybody behind the scenes and the directors was all part of this, so they're the real MVPs of this episode for me. I've never seen anything like it, and I doubt that I will ever see anything like it again because... There, there, yeah, there is three more episodes, Tim, but we're not going to see this again. This, this epic scale of battle. I don't. Maybe you, in you're movies, not, you're never sure with this show, though. Well, that's true. Never, but they kind of tease that this was this was the big one in this show. But you are right. Um, you never know with this show, and that's what makes it so fun. Look, just a PSA from me. We, uh, I might talk about Game of Thrones once a year, really, like do a segment on it this year. But it just. It just deserved it from last night because it is i think maybe the breaking bad finale was the last time that for a television show and that was what six years ago now was the last time for a television show that i saw basically the entire country talking about the exact same thing all day long and it's still going on today it's incredible do you like tim i don't know why 
it's in my DNA. I kind of like being part of that thing. Like when I'm part of this crazy movement and, and cultural moment that everybody's taking part of across the country, it's kind of cool. I think people who aren't in, weren't as invested in the show, they were also invested in the memes that came out yes. on social media. Yep. And I think that was a huge part of it. The memes, it was game of memes, apparently. Yes. A lot of that was funny. That was my favorite part of seeing what the response was after on social media. Because I feel like in 2019, if you're going to you know, save something from not getting spoiled, you might as well just stay off social media all in, gen- <laughs> right. all in you know, general. Because you got to learn go that go on now. social media now in 2019, you're, we will get spoiled. It's like, it's like recording the Super Bowl. If you're going to do it, you might as well stay oh, off. It's the same thing. It's absolutely right. This was something that you needed to watch, you know, kind of live or just stay off social media. Uh, you want to know the memes, the hashtag. If you're not worried about spoilers or you've seen the show, just check out hashtag Dem Thrones, D-E-M Thrones. That's where all the memes are. It's pretty incredible there. Do yourself a favor, though. Watch the series. I would say don't watch that episode if you haven't watched the series. If you think there's never a chance that you'll ever watch the show, which I think is just crazy, but it is one of those episodes you could watch as a one-off and you'll kind of understand what's going on. Maybe not with the exact characters, but um, you'll kind of get what's going on. So we say this. Oh, yeah. Wait, Tim's in my ear. You've been telling me about this episode that followed the show called Barry on HBO that you're trying to get everybody involved in. Yeah, uh, Barry. Um, it's it's the show with Bill Hader. He's basically a assassin turned uh, small time actor. Um, you don't have to even watch the show, but if you just watch last night's episode following Game of Thrones, it's probably the most ridiculous episode of comedy you've ever seen in my life. Is this a comedy show or is this a, it's, it's a show about a serial killer a or a, a hitman, like, right? It's kind of like Dexter but okay. a funnier version basically. Okay. He's, he's a hitman who's coming back from, you know, um the Middle East and he's hired to kill people and well he wants to actually just give up that dream of killing people and become an actor because he moves to LA to do a hit. And he realizes that he actually can be a hmm. a talent but he's not really good. He just thinks that. And, um, this it, sounds like my kind of show. It kind of—it's actually really funny. Like, it's a funny show. It's—it's it's a lot of drama. And um, No Ho Hank is probably the best character on the show. Um, no Ho Hank. He's the guy with alopecia. He's in Gotham. I—I for, I don't know the okay. actor's name, but he's a very funny character. Okay, I'm—I'm I'm just gonna watch it just for that name. No Ho Hank. Were you surprised watching the reactions from Thrones yesterday about how many you know athletes? watched and were tweeting about this cam jordan michael thomas uh mark ingram um cj mccollum uh, lebron james was like everybody all the baseball guys you said i think mike wasn't mike trout tweeting about this which is weird also i mean you had celebrities as well you had people throughout the country um celebrities athletes everybody that was tweeting out this so i mean it wasn't anybody if you were somebody who was you know relevant relevant to pop culture you were probably watching it I'm surprised our president didn't tweet about it because I'm not making any kind of a statement at all. I just like he, it seems like he kind of jumps on board these things. And I'm very surprised we didn't get a tweet from um, one Mr. Donald Trump. Maybe they don't get HBO in the White House. It is, you have to pay for it. <laughs> they don't, it's not in the budget. HBO isn't in, isn't in the budget. Yes, they, they got a budget crunch up there. All right. That's, that's my little Thrones, uh, Thrones segment for the, for the ever probably won't do another one ever um watch it though plus we got our podcast the podcast has no name you can check out drops tomorrow morning we've been doing this for a few years now on wwl.com radio.com app at a podcast has on twitter if you want to check it out there when we come back we'll update you on the nhl and nba playoffs and why i cannot stand the houston rockets any longer i'm over it cancel the rockets cancel james harden 
That's next here on the last lap. It's final in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Blues knock off the Stars 4-3. to three. So now St. Louis leads that series uh, two games to one. Over in the NBA earlier tonight, Sixers tied up the series against the Raptors 94-89. Low-scoring game there. Right now, game one between the Blazers and the aforementioned C.J. McCollum, who's now my favorite player remaining in the NBA playoffs. Go Blazers. 49-45. Blazers lead uh, the Nuggets. What is it? Four minutes left in the second quarter there. Interesting the Warriors got to win in game one so banged up. A lot of people didn't think they would get by game one, considering uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, those ankle injuries. But they did. Of course, after it, you had James Harden in the postgame press conference saying um, he felt he was unfairly treated by the referees. I am so over James Harden, Chris Paul, and these Houston Rockets who are trying to redefine the game of basketball into this flop fest that is something akin to European soccer. And I'm somebody who likes European soccer. I despise the flop fest that it has become. Speaking of memes, it's pretty much what that sport is known for over here is the flops. If you've watched a minute or two of Houston Rockets basketball this year or last year, you will know and you will see James Harden sticking a hip out, kicking a leg out, acting like he was just run over by a 40-ton truck when he might have got you know barely grazed by 40-pound Steph Curry. When he has been the beneficiary of, frankly, very bad officiating for the last couple of years, which is fine. He led the NBA in free throws again. Good for him. He's a great player, and like all great players, he knows how to use uh, his reputation and the rules to his advantage. I am not begrudging him necessarily for that. However, when after game one of the Western Conference semifinals, when there was a call towards, uh, what is it, the third quarter or something? When he uh, tried again to stick out his leg like he always does and, and draw contact and the referees didn't call a foul on the play. He kind of goes nuts. Chris Paul goes nuts. And then he says something in the postgame presser. I'm sorry, you have no room to talk here. I don't want, and, and the, I already have a lot of issues with the way the NBA game is officiated and called. Really, the disparity of the way it's called in the regular season to the way it's called in the postseason. We're not talking a lot of postseason basketball here on the show this year because the Pelicans aren't in it. We talked a lot last year about the physicality that they allow and the physical play they allow in the playoffs as compared to the regular season. Frankly, in that series against the Warriors when they lost, they weren't ready for how physical the Warriors were playing them as compared to how the Warriors played uh, the Pelicans in the regular season last year. But the Warriors are NBA playoff veterans. Having been to the NBA Finals prior to that, three straight years. They knew exactly how that series was going to be called and really how every series in the NBA playoffs is called. I am sorry, I'm not here for the James Harden pity party. I'm not having it. And I see some people and some former players 
really not a lot. I think more more players are on the Warriors' side on this, which they should be. I don't care how much you don't like the Warriors because they've won so much. They are right here. They're the team that plays the game right. They have their own issues with complaining about the officiating. I get it. But they're right in this instance. James Harden and Chris Paul and the Houston Rockets need to shut up. And I know I'm on in Houston. I hope you hear me, Rockets fans. I'm over it. I mean, I'm just absolutely over it. I, 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 does he, does he think this is going to work? Does he think this plea for leniency and help from these veteran NBA referees in what essentially is the Western Conference Finals is going to help? Shouldn't. Absolutely shouldn't. Text from the 504 pointing out the NHL has an embellishment penalty. Other sports should too. Well, by the letter of the law, the NBA has that rule. They can issue a technical foul if you're seen as flopping. It's not worded as flopping in the rule books, but that's what it means. If you're seen flopping, they could issue a technical foul. And I think we've seen it called very rarely, and usually there's pretty severe backlash um, after that does happen. But James Harden is not right here. He should not be given fouls, and that's what he would be, given fouls when he's the one initiating contact. And a lot of times, there, there is no contact. He's just trying to create something, anything, so he gets to the free throw line. It's bad basketball. This is the NBA that nobody wants to see and nobody wants to watch. We don't want to watch that. That's why the NBA ratings were declining for so many years, frankly, until the Warriors came along. I mean, that's what it was. The NBA ratings were declining until, and LeBron James had a lot to do that before that, until LeBron came along and the Warriors after him. Let's go to the phone lines. Joe in Mandeville, you want to talk Rockets hoops. What's up? Oh, my God, what am I hearing here? You're hearing that they're a bunch of crybabies, Joe, and you know that's true. And you know we all know you're a West Coast homer. Come on, this is Detroit and Boston all over again. This is the Spurs and the Cavaliers all over again. And now it's Golden State having their field day in their own home court. And I'm telling you, this has to change or else we're going to be back in the same situation with bad calls. and. Hold on. What was, what was a bad playoffs. call? Well, then Wait a second, Joe. The guy who was flopping is James Harden. You don't think James Harden was the one flopping yesterday? Well, Joe, there Joe goes. He left. Come on, Joe, you're better than that. I know you like to have hot takes here. You're, I don't know what the flopping part was. If you don't like flopping, then why do you like James Harden? By the way, James Harden is an incredible basketball player. But he's I'm, I've heard enough. Like I, I'm sorry, I've just heard enough from him. And just like I did a, a segment last week on how I'd heard enough from the Warriors and their constant bickering and griping about the about the officiating. I mean, give me a break, Warriors, then, and give me a break, James Harden, now. We'll take a break. We'll play a little Coach O coming back. He was on um, Sports Talk and the Second Guest Show earlier tonight. LSU coach coming up next here on The Last Lap. Tim, have you been checking out hashtag Dem Thrones yet? This seems right up your alley, man. Like, you're a meme guy. Hashtag Dem Thrones for some Game of Thrones memes. 
I spend my time on the free folk on Reddit, so I don't know if you've ever been <laughs> no, there. The, is that, that must be a meme factory for Thrones too, right? Yeah, it's basically everybody who has a meme for that that you know gets on Twitter. It starts from free folk free folk on on Reddit. All it's right, I like pretty, it. Pretty ridiculous. I like it. Uh, Nuggets up fifty eight fifty five at halftime against the Blazers. Uh, C J McCollum, who has been adopted by the show. Uh, you'll hear him in our moment is in. 12 points for McCollum, 15 for Dame, 14 from Cantor, but the Blazers trail the Nuggets. Um, everybody's writing off the Nuggets in the West. I do. It's hard for me to see them beating either the Warriors or the Rockets in the conference finals, but I think completely writing them off is a little foolish. Like I hear too much of that, which seems to be kind of setting up their epic rise and perhaps. Uh, Final vengeance. Who knows? All right, let's do a little sports libs here. We do this every show, like Mad Libs, sports style. Tim's got some sentences, some topics, and we fill in the blanks on the fly. I would love to hear how you fill these in. You can text us at 870-870 and play along. What you got tonight, Tim? All right, first question, blank quarterback. So just blank will have the biggest impact for an NFL team this next season. What? I'm going to put what quarterback with a question mark at the end because we don't really know. Like, I have no idea. And you know what? I'm not even going to pretend I know because, and here's why, Tim, you're looking at me with this perplexed look. Why am I not answering the question? Because I don't deserve to answer that question because I was kind of making fun of the draft grades earlier in the show. Last year, I said Josh Rosen was my favorite first round draft pick. He still can be. And look how that went. So egg on my face. So I'm going to fill that in with a what and then a question mark at the end because I obviously have no clue. I will say I love Kyler Murray, though. Like I feel like Kyler Murray is going to be a very good NFL quarterback. I, I Forget his size. Size size doesn't matter in the NFL anymore. Anyway. So you're not on the uh, Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins bandwagon? No, I'd love to be on the Gardner Minshew bandwagon. I just don't think he's going to get a real fair shot at least first couple of years. I did find it funny that ESPN spent like a 10-minute segment on Jared Stenham going to the Patriots. Do they not know that Danny Etling is, is already quarterback <laughs> right. there? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Great college quarterback, Danny I, Etling. I don't get it. Though. All right. But a question number two. Blank would be the best place to host the NFL draft. I'm not just saying this because I'm here. Can you imagine how epic it would be if it's in New Orleans? The answer is New Orleans. The Bourbon Street, the football crazies, and it would be also incredible to see Roger Goodell in this city having to face the music a little bit. There was kind of a little bit of reparation between him and Sean Payton when they both pushed through the rule changes, and, and maybe that helped repair everything. But the answer is New Orleans. I mean, the, the period, the answer is New Orleans. NFL draft next year in Vegas, which is going to be great. Where will they host the NFL draft? Because it looks like oh, in Nashville they hosted it on the main street. They wouldn't be able to host it on Canal Street facing Bourbon. That would not that would not be a Probably. Factor. Convention center? But, I would think the um, – Smoothie King Center. They would host it inside the Smoothie King Center. I, I, my guess would I think, be the Smoothie King Center. I want to say every every draft since they've done it in New York, since it's been in New York, it's been outside. Like I want to say Chicago. I want they to can't say, do that here because of the rain this time of year. I, uh, they wouldn't risk that. If they did it outside, I think they'd have to do it maybe on Canal Street, I think. I don't, I don't know. That, that Can you be, imagine if it was on Bourbon Street, though? Can you imagine how epic that would be? Even forget on Bourbon Street, anywhere in the quarter. Well, here's the thing. Nashville made it look like there were so many fans there to hang out for like the seventh round. Like there was just tons and tons of fans on that street for the seventh round. Then I realized 
there was like a con- there was a country concert like following yeah. the NFL draft. That was why everyone was still there. Is you think they would do it outside if it's here? And I think sometime in the future, probably after Roger Goodell's gone, they'll do it here. I, I think that bridge is just too far. They'd have crumbled. to do it on the Riverwalk, kind of like what they do for uh, jazz, not Jazz Fest. I was thinking maybe Jackson Square, maybe, or in front of uh, the St. Louis Cathedral. That would there's not enough space. I don't think so either. That's why I think it's got to be inside. I don't you know. Could, That's you a great do it question. Right on the river where the big stage is, where kind of like what they do for French Quarter Fest. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a good option. How about like on the Natchez or something? On the boat. On the boat. And they would just like have the pit come in, like yeah, like you'd have them yeah, walk. The, the ferry, yes, the ferry yes, would deliver the yes. the ferry would deliver think, Deuce McAllister for the same. Yes, thing. I think we actually have the answer. That'd be pretty cool, right? It would take a long. It, yeah. If you thought eleven o'clock was late, <laughs> we're going till three. I'm thinking maybe maybe it stays docked, so it's on that dock there. But I don't know. That's interesting. I haven't really thought about where. I think it will come here eventually, but yeah, probably after Roger Goodell's gone. Final question. Blank was the biggest head scratcher in the NFL draft. Oh, come on. Just Oakland, Oakland, period. End of story. Their entire draft. I thought their draft was terrible. Yes, their draft was terrible. And it wasn't their first pick that I was upset about. I I was upset about their second second and third first round picks. I don't know what John Gruden's doing. I I, I think everybody just wants to bash New York because they love to bash New York. And those fans will never be happy with any draft ever, I guess, unless you're drafting. I don't know who they could draft where everybody would be happy. I mean, it's just that city. I, I mean, I was, it, was no, I, it was known that they wanted to take that guy, Sweat, the, the, the defensive player Sweat, with their 27th pick. Well, I think it was the Washington Redskins who jumped ahead of him and picked 26. Well, no one was taking a running back in the first round, it seemed like. They, they reached for Jake, Josh Jacobs from Alabama with pick 23. Why not take Sweat there and then take you know Josh Jacobs at pick 27 instead of having the Washington Redskins jump in front of you and take the man you wanted? You get both guys and you don't have to trade up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to ask them, not me. That's Sports Libs. Send your answers 87870. Might read some next segment. Also, we'll have a final update on our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll. Go ahead and grade the Saints drafts, and we'll update you next. And some sound from C.J. McCollum is our moment of zen. Talking a little Game of Thrones. He was knowledgeable. Next. Final look at our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll. What grade do you give the Saints draft class? Lots of people high on the draft class. 41% saying A, 41% saying B, and just 18%, 18%, pardon me, saying C or below. Thanks to everybody who voted on that poll. I want to thank everybody who was part of the program today. Lots of guests. Dan Wetzel, Larry Holder, Greg Alman, Scott Karasik, and Walker Mail. Thanks to Tim Zimmer, our studio producer and day producer today. Thanks to Tom Manessis for helping out. Assistant Program Director, thanks to Diane Newman, our Program Director, and thanks to you for listening. If you missed any of the show, remember, you can catch it on the podcast, on demand at WWL.com or the Radio.com app, also Apple Podcasts. I'm Seth Dunlap. Conversation continues at Seth Dunlap. For you Game of Thrones fans, remember, a podcast has no name. Drops tomorrow morning about 9 a.m. WWL.com, Radio.com app. We'll hand it off to Beyond Reality Radio. And as always, we leave you with our moment of zen. Uh, yeah, my new favorites, non-Pelicans NBA player, C.J. McCollum, courtesy of Westwood One, talking a little Game of Thrones. And remember here, there are some minor spoilers here, so if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, just go ahead and turn down the radio for about uh, 45 seconds or so. Here's C.J. McCollum, Westwood One.